Look, Doc, I spent last Tuesday watching fibers on my carpet. And the whole time I was watching my carpet, I was worrying that I, I might vomit. And the whole time I was thinking, I'm a grown man. I should know what goes on in my head. And the more I thought about it, the more I realized that I should just blow my brains out and end it all. But then I thought, when I, well, if I thought more about blowing my brains out, I started worrying about what that was going to do to my goddamn carpet. Okay, so... <laughs> That was a good day, Doc, and, and I just want you to give me some pills and let me get on with my life. Is it weird that I feel like we can all relate a little more to that clip after uh, yes. this past year that we had? I think we, we've all become very mentally ill after this do you, year. <laughs> do you remember? That's obviously from Matchstick Men, but do you remember the therapy, the therapist? Um, it's Alan Arkin in uh, uh, Gross Point Blank oh, and gosh. how he wants to end his sessions with John Cusack. But he knows John Cusack's a hitman, and he's afraid to end them. Really? And he's like, he's like, you told me you were a killer, and I, now I'm scared. To end. He's, he's like openly telling him, I don't want you to come here anymore. And, and John Cusack's like, that's not very professional, Doc. He's like, you asked me to be open, so I told you everything. But he just keeps calling him and won't leave him alone. It's, it's I really don't hysterical. remember that. I've seen that movie, but it's oh, been man. a long time. So funny. That's yeah, funny. Good stuff. Um, anyway. I watched Matchstick Men this week. This is why I played this clip, and and nice. I just I love that movie. I think part of me is I'm like I, I'm trying to figure out who Ridley Scott is. Like I don't <laughs> I don't get him. Um, you think Ridley Scott knows who Ridley Scott is? No, I don't. And I you don't wa- you watch Matchstick Men, and you're like, bullshit. Ridley Scott directed this. <laughs> Fucking Steven Soderbergh directed this. Like, there's yeah, no. Yeah, you know what? It doesn't make weird. sense to me. Like, it's a it's a Steven Soderbergh movie. Basically, you make a yeah. good point. That more than probably any other movies I know that Ridley Scott directed doesn't <laughs> seem like a Ridley Scott movie. No, um, I, I don't get it. I would say he seems a little more consistent in what he does outside of that movie. Yeah, I I would agree you know? with that. Like, that's why that's I watched weird. it. I was like, yeah. this is such a weird one. Um, yeah, but that's interesting. I also haven't seen every movie of his. I just, it's just, you know, you, you, through all the alien shit I've watched recently and right. uh, watching, you know, his HBO show, Raised by Wolves, yeah, this year, yeah. even though he didn't direct all of that, but still just, you know, it's just bizarre. He's bizarre. Um, I've seen a fair amount. I mean, yeah. I would say, I mean, I need to watch Thelma, Thelma and Louise is its own its own mm-hmm. thing, but it but it also still kind of feels Ridley Scott to me. Sure, yeah, Gladiator's a little different, but again, they still got the Ridley Scott tropes. I would say feels. there's none of the like Ridley Scott like moves in no. Matchstick Men. No. All the money in the world is a little bit like that to me. I remember watching that and thinking, oh, the money in you the know, world. No, nothing wrong with that. But it was the one that they had. Um, they had to bring in Christopher Plummer. Oh yeah, and yeah, they yeah, reshot yeah, yeah. everything. Yeah, I totally <laughs> forgot about that movie. I completely yeah, I mean, forgot that existed. That's fine. It's okay. <laughs> But I mean, I, I mean, honestly, I it's, it's not a bad it. movie. Yeah, yeah it's not a bad it. movie. I'm just saying, you know, you don't see that movie in your life. That's okay, right? But um, but uh, yeah, that's really Scott. Okay, fair enough. I don't know. Um, anyways, that was just one of those that I watched, and uh, it was on the brain. You know, another thing that I woke up uh, thinking about. I, I should have asked you. Should we play this clip? Is um, <laughs> oh, nothing makes me sadder than the agent lost his bladder in the airplane <laughs> and i i woke up singing that for some reason and um and i should have looked up that clip that's from con that's air. good yeah do a con a air one. clip at some point oh um, con air's the best anyways um yeah well we that sounds like were you just re-watching matchstick men for yourself yeah or did totally you just for myself look, okay you know what okay. it was i was like falling asleep on the couch the other night and it feels like the type of movie you fall asleep watching yes. on the couch yes. just because it's yes. like it's about people 
I don't know. It to me is a very like homey movie. You're just kind of right, like, eh, right. you know. Well, and something you're already familiar with that you enjoy yes. is always the good one to put on when you're passing out. It's you so I mean? easy. Like, that's kind of the way to yeah, mellow put you in a good and, place. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, um, I've got a piece of trivia yeah, for you, which plays into something that we watched. Um, and this comes directly from Jess. So she okay. wanted me to bring this one up. Um, you will not know the answer to this. I will okay. preface that with this, but I'm going <laughs> to throw it out there anyway. Sure. Um, there are three movies in Eddie Murphy's career in which his face is printed on money. Do you know or can you <laughs> guess any or all of those movies? Um Three movies. I would have never gotten this just for the record, uh, but I did manage to guess after I was given one. I mean, I I I, I don't remember the original Coming to America. I just uh-huh. feel like you got that's one. He's giving you one right one. off the bat. Yeah, he was the uh, prince, right? Um, I can't. Eddie Murphy. Um, well, I, so you got the first one, which plays directly into the second one. Oh, I mean, is it the second movie? The second coming, coming to, to America. America? Oh, so you well, got that's, the that's two kind movies of where he's okay, a prince, right. right? Of course, that's okay, a gimme. So right, you're right, right. right there with two. This is the one that I don't know. We'll see. Okay, no, I don't. I don't know. What is it? <laughs> so, are you? How familiar are you with Beverly Hills Cop Three? Do you Do you remember the plot of that <laughs> I've movie? I've seen it once. I've seen it once. Yeah, I mean, I'll, it's the bad one, right? It's the I, one that yeah. that, that uh, you know um, Eddie Murphy said, "I'm going to make Beverly Hills Cop Four as an apology for Beverly Hills Cop Three. <laughs> um, but in that movie, the whole the whole premise, the sort of misguided story of that movie, yeah. is that there is a group of like underground. Uh, villains, right. I don't know, criminals who are working basically at Disneyland. Yeah. I mean, it's called Wally World, but it's like the Disneyland right. of, you know, outside Beverly Hills in, in California. And they are using an old abandoned studio where they were going to print Wally dollars where you can use like for <laughs> money at, you sure. know, at, at the park. And they've gotten their hands on all of these paper, you know, the paper that the uh, federal treasury uses right. and they're printing real money. Like they're, they're running like, that's like the scheme. Yeah. And it's all pretty stupid. But, um, it, at the end is one of the big fuck yous. Eddie like breaks into it during the big shootout and ending and he puts his face oh, on shit, it. And, you know, it's, he's great. doing that perfect. <laughs> he's laughing as he's <laughs> setting himself up. Right? And then he runs out and he ruins all of their paper and it's literally just Eddie's face and it says, fuck you on it that's or whatever. Really, that's fun. It's pretty funny. That's it's fun. a good gag. But in that moment, moment just was like you know there's two other movies that eddie has his face on money in and he's like that's three that's probably more than anybody's ever been on screen and i was like i never even thought about that that's like a really great random fact yeah and then i was like what are the other two movies and she was like come on and i immediately thought yeah coming to america like he's the yeah. prince but i never would have gotten beverly hills cop had we not rewatched no, sure, it because sure. i haven't seen that in years and also i forgot about um george lucas's cameo do you do you remember him in that movie at all i mean it's, that vaguely rings a bell but no what does he do it is the funniest george lucas cameo because he's you know he's so wooden it's it's just impossible for him ever to see him normal and like he's supposed to be there but yeah. it's like it's supposed to be a cameo and you're you know immediately so eddie's running from these guys shooting at him in the park so he cuts in line to jump on a ride and it's like out of nowhere and for with no explanation it's george lucas and a girl I, who's supposed to be his girlfriend there, his wife, and I have no idea who that was and if it was really his wife at the time because this is 94. Right. Um, and he's like, sorry. And George Luke is just like, hey, that's not fair. <laughs> and then and then Eddie Murphy's like, well, you know, I got to fix the, the – you know, he gives him some bullshit uh-huh. and goes – he's like, sorry, and goes up. And then George Lucas just – 
kind of acts. I mean, he kind of looks disappointed yeah. and kind of looks like he's not even in it. And he just says, come on, and puts his arm around the girl in the most uncomfortable way to me. Right. And they walk away. And that's it. And there's no other acknowledgement. Jess, that was another one where Jess was just like, what the fuck? What like, a weird she's time. She's like, what's going on yeah. right now? Anyway, but it was fun. We, we blew through well, let's all see, what three year, Beverly What Hills year Cop. is Beverly Hills Cop 3? So it's 84, 87, and then 94. So there's kind of a gap God damn, between that's two so and long. three. Yeah. And ninety four yeah. is is perfect, Lucas, because it's like, all right, yeah. we've it's been a long time. He's iconic. Right. He hasn't right. done anything new that might upset us yet. Yeah, um, yeah. Well, he's still so, beloved. Now so, he's the beloved guy who left, and exactly, you know, we want more. Exactly. Yeah. That's so funny. Um, well, that's cool. That's pretty fun. I, those are uh, super fun movies, though, man. The the first one of those. I've is seen great. one um, and two seven million yeah. times, and I think I've seen two more than one because two to me was once he really absorbed the Beverly Hills culture, and right. to me that was more fun. Like then the first, even though there's 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 so much satisfying about right. a guy walking into the Beverly Wilshire in a hoodie and just being like, <laughs> "Fucking give me a room!" Like it's yeah. so yeah. good. <laughs> it's so satisfying to me. Yeah. Oh, oh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Try, try Rolling, Rolling Stones. Stones. Oh, you know, whatever so his name oh, is. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. that's what it is. I that's, got a reservation. That's what it is. Yeah. If um, I was a big shot, you'd I'm, have a room. I'm here but to I'm see Michael. Simple reporter I'm here to see Rolling Michael. Rolling Stone here to do a piece on Michael Jackson. And that's why you don't have a room for me. Oh, it's great. All of his I ranting. Love it. I love it. You don't realize how much he does that. When you watch the movies together, mm-hmm. there's three or four of those per movie. And right. all of them are brilliant. It's just him rifting, you know, which is what he's so good at. Um, and also another thing I was going to mention. So the second one is Tony Scott. Oh, right. Interesting. So the first one, you, I didn't, I can't even tell you the director's name off the top because right. I was looking all this stuff up as we were going. The first one is like, it, to me, it is a comedy action classic. Yes. It is the movie that establishes Eddie Murphy as Martin a star. Breast. I don't know yeah. who So there you go. Is. Oh, Breast. Yeah. Interesting last name. So, yeah. and, and so Eddie's great. And it's, I think it's really, that's the role more than any other role to me mm-hmm. that I associate Eddie Murphy with in the movies anyway. Like I just think, okay, he's Beverly Hills cop. Right. So the first one to me is great. The story is great. Everything about it, all the gags, but it's not, it's a comedy. It's not that cinematic. You know, how the big knock on comedies mostly is like, well, they're not doing anything extraordinary with like the filmmaking it's we're here to laugh and they're competent filmmakers yep. but there's not you start watching the second one and you realize this is a the style every room movie. they're in the yeah. light coming oh. through the windows where they're kind of silhouetted the, oh the, it's like the the, the uh tennis shoes in the in the closet with oh the yeah dirt. With the like, it's oh all beautiful wow you really yeah. got no that. i yeah. really yeah i really remember it and That's i haven't such seen it in image. years well and um, and, yeah. and connie what's her name um uh is it Bridget Nielsen? I'm trying to think of the name oh, of the. Yeah, she's the Russian evil Russian's wife. Right. Um, Bridget Nielsen. But anyway, really, yeah. she she's the big villain or one of the big villains in the second one, and it's just everything about that one is so 80s and kind of over the top. Just her character uh-huh. and her accent and the you know the way she walks, the way she's lit. Um, so yes. yeah, it's definitely a Tony Scott vehicle. That and and one. not to mention all of the oil field shit is just so Tony yeah. Scott. Yeah. You come know? on. It's like come straight on. out. There's of, a like, ton of like, we're standing on a hill a ways away looking through binoculars at yep. somebody, you yep. know, and like that music's going. So anyway, it was, uh, it was a ton of fun. Jess had never seen any of them and we just, we just blew right through them. <laughs> they're on HBO Let's right talk now. real briefly so about Martin Brest. Uh, you want to know his filmography? Okay, I'm yeah, not even going to say he did a couple of things before Beverly Hills Cop, but Beverly Hills Cop is clearly like, his his breakout um right as as a director um he does beverly hills cop then he does midnight run oh actually then he does scent of a woman 
Then he really? does. Then he does Meet Joe Black, and then he does Geely, and never oh directs my again. God. <laughs> yeah, that's it. He literally didn't do wow. Geely is two thousand three, and he never directed again. <laughs> wow, what a what a weird run, man. So nuts, and it's only that's only one, two, three, four, essentially five movies he did. He did uh, two movies in the seventies that I have not heard of. Called one's called Going in Style, and the other one's called Hot Tomorrows. This um, is really interesting because they don't uh, you know Midnight Run is considered another kind of eighties classic, which I've um, never seen. Yeah, you know. should definitely check it out, man. I, and honestly, I had never seen it either. I think this was one that was, you know, we talk about certain things that were just as big at the time mm-hmm. as like a Beverly Hills Cop. And then for whatever reason, they didn't have staying power. Right. Like that's one that went away. And I didn't even really know about it until, weirdly enough, there's some sports podcasts I listened to. And a couple of different people on them kept bringing up that movie. Yeah, we're from the 80s. You know, that's our generation. And we would watch Midnight Run at 11 o'clock every time it ran. You know, and they would always talk cool. about that was like their yeah. movie. And then I was like, oh, it's De Niro. And you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's just a fun flick, um, but then *Sin of a Woman*. I mean, that's the movie that got Pacino his Oscar, and I know a lot of people think that's like a career award, you know, for that one. It's like, oh, this isn't his best role, but we're going to give it away. But that's another one that's like big. And *Meet Joe Black*. I don't think was received very well, but I enjoyed it. You know what I mean? Like that was just a yeah. kind of a fun. It was a movie of its time. Let's say. Yeah, totally. And then *Geely*, it just all comes crashing down. What a <laughs> what a what a strange what a strange yeah. trip it's been. I guess. Um, well, that was a weird, weird tangent. Um, yeah. So, hey. <laughs> so weird. we're going to cut all this, right? We're gonna, uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't know how to. Edit. No, I perfect. only know how to leave <laughs> everything in. So. Um, oh my god. I think uh, I've got a bit to. So talk you're like about. Snyder. Yeah. You're like Snyder's cut. Of we're gonna we're gonna get there, baby. We're gonna get there, baby. Um. So I've been seeing a lot of movies. Let's talk about some movies. Oh yeah. And You've been to the theaters, man. I, I realize that it's wildly unfair for me to, to be able to talk about all the shit yeah, that I'm seeing because I, I'm I'm sort of back to work, but the back to the work that I do is many days on many days off sort of thing. So when I have many days off, it's just like, okay, right. I'm, I'm not doing anything. I'm going to go to the movies every day. And I'm living so vicariously through you with every picture you send of your feet up on a chair, like yes. looking at a screen. I'm just like, Oh my God. Remember well, that? to recap, since the last time we recorded, we recorded on a Sunday. I think it was two Sundays ago, maybe. Correct. And that Monday, the next day after we recorded movie theaters in LA reopened. So now we've had right, re- right. essentially two weeks of reopening, but the first week was essentially only a couple of theaters. Um, and so I saw the Mauritanian, um, which is really oh, excellent, that? really excellent. I think it's on demand now. A lot of the movies I'm seeing okay. in theaters, okay. you can get at home too. It's that's not one like I really want to see. Only in theaters, yeah. I highly, highly recommend you watch the Mauritanian. It's um, it's one of many of these true story movies that are out this year. I mean, you know, there's a lot of these historical stories, but this one's pretty recent. You know, being oh, yeah. through or what is it four ish onwards, and it you know it yeah. takes place over a long time. And but for something it, people our age, something we lived the history exactly. Lived it's literally yeah. in our in our memory, even right, though we right. may not know this story. But the the context oh, yeah. is yeah. very very <laughs> fresh for us. Um, right. So I highly recommend that, and that's the one that uh, um, 
uh, what's her name? <laughs> Jodie Foster. Jodie Foster. Yeah. Uh, Again, Jodie Foster being for. back. Yeah. She's outstanding. And, and Shailene Woodley, right? Isn't it? She's in it also. She doesn't have too much to do, but the guy who plays the Mauritanian, I should have looked him up. I didn't uh, in anticipation of this, but um, the Mauritanian is about a guy who's um, Mauritanian. And um, <laughs> and he, we've seen him in other stuff. He's a, he's an actor. Uh, I'll tell you right now. Uh, Tahar Rahim, I think. Uh, da, 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 da. Tahar Rahim. He, let's see what else he was in. Uh, he He's the one she's representing, is correct? He's so outstanding. Yeah, yeah, correct. Um, I'm trying to look at, oh, that's what he was trying The Looming Tower, the Hulu show that was about 9-11. He was in that. Oh, he was one, okay. he was the, I think the main guy in that, uh, or the main maybe villain in that. I forget right, the context, right. but that's what I know him from. He is so outstanding. He should be up for so many awards for this movie. And, uh, you know, he's not. Yeah, really. it is what it is. <laughs> so, right. um, uh, he, I mean, he, it's not like he's not been up for some things, but he's definitely not up for an Oscar. And I think that's the, that's the biggest snub. He was nominated for the Golden Globe. He was nominated for a BAFTA. Um, mm-hmm. which are both great. Those are those are not small. Is Jodie up for Best Actress? I, I should have looked back. No, the, uh, uh, let me uh, see. I don't think she is either. We, no, and that's fair. And but here's my point: is that that makes more sense to me. Okay, uh, her performance is wonderful. Yeah. Um, and the reason she would get nominated for anything is because she's Jodie Foster. This right. guy right. is, right. you know, a little bit less known, um, but definitely not. Uh, uh, I, I not undeserving, yeah. So uh, okay. and no, Jody's right not doesn't seem to be out for anything. But we're gonna come back to Oscar noms in a little bit. Um, right. Anyways, to to plow through, I also saw the Courier, which is a new movie. Oh um, yeah, with Benedict Cumberbatch, also yeah. about a true story, um, which is a fascinating story. The movie itself is a little paint by numbers for me. It's just like all of okay. these true stories are just they're told the exact same way and yeah. it's the same yeah, vibe. They could all be directed by right. the same person. They just are so yeah. Ridley Scott, right? Cut and dry. The story itself is very interesting. Um, so I was telling Lori, I was like, I almost would have preferred like a documentary about this than okay. than a right. movie. Um, I mean, I'm into spy stuff. You can usually yeah, get me with something it, that's not amazing, I, even if it's just I okay. I think you're going to love it then because it is true espionage right. stuff. It's very right. interesting. And I do Benedict, wish there was more variation in this. Benedict is very good. Um, I know some people love him, think he's the absolute yeah. greatest. Yeah. I'm kind of whatever on him. I mean, he's he's. Good. I'm you know, with you. I think he's good. I don't know why people think he's Daniel Day Lewis, like next right, level. Right, right, right. No, I feel yeah. like I'm missing something sometimes. But there are some pretty significant things he has to do in this movie, uh, mostly at the end, that are wonderful. I saw the father. Um and was Anthony, that just brutal? Every it is time brutal. Brutal is the word. Preview, I'm like, uh, it's brutal. It's uh, it's a horror movie. <laughs> it's like it's yeah, good God, it's man. truly horrific. Um, and I guess the question is, I haven't like looked up any reviews from kind of mental health professionals or people that deal with dementia, but it right. it seems like there's a world where maybe this is a, an, a, a sensationalized version of dementia or maybe not. Like I'm, I'm not saying yeah, I know, Jesus. I don't know, but I, right. it's a movie. So I don't know, but, um, Anthony Hopkins is giving like one of the best performances I've seen. Um, yeah, I don't, yeah. 
if he wins best actor, I'm fine. That's great. He, he, right. It's so right. nuts. Um, the structure's wild. It's a terrifying story about this man with dementia and how that affects his, you know, situation. <laughs> really, I mean, yeah, you can't. It, you know. Fuck. Anyways, such a scary it's, disease. Man. It's I mean, worth it's worth um, seeing, but just brace yourself. Um, and so to to make short of it, some of these movies I'm seeing at AMC, but we also had the Landmark theaters reopen in LA, and the Landmark is the first kind of art house chain that is mm-hmm. reopening, meaning. Mm-hmm. Who knows when Alamo will reopen? Who yeah, knows when know. um, New Bev will reopen? Who know? Who knows when um, uh, the uh, Los Feliz will reopen? Like I don't know right, when these are right. going to open, and I get the sense that probably not immediately. I don't. I don't know. Um, I feel like I'm, I've got a lot of um, positive thoughts about New Bev just simply because I, I just feel like money is so secondary to Tarantino oh, in terms of running yes. that. But that's the only one that I'm kind of like, okay, this will be fine. And I worry about a lot of the other the other stuff. I but, feel yeah. good about it also. I, I'll just share really quickly. Going to the Newark, because we love the Newark, you you lived right by the Newark for so many years. And so you so spent much. Way, yeah. more oh, than, way more time there than me. For those of you that don't know, the Newark is, I think, the oldest – or the uh, the theater that has run the original midnight showing of Rocky Horror the longest yes. until um, the quarantine it, yeah. it it was one of three that had run it from from a certain year on and right. I think it was the like you said the actual longest the and before that it had run it without any breaks once a week essentially since Rocky Horror came out I mean Correct. like it, yeah. just every Friday night at midnight or every Saturday night at midnight that was I think on. it was a privately owned theater up until not long ago and then Landmark which is a m- small chain here in LA that I think Mark Cuban originally um, uh, oh co- right on. Co- I think oh, I, didn't I think Mark Cuban co-founded the Landmark or he co- or maybe he just Man, heavily invested in it but I, right. I don't know that he's has anything to do with it anymore but anyways it's a wonderful theater right. and uh, the main Landmark location also reopened so I saw the father at the Newart which the Newart feels a little bit like the new Bev even though it's bigger yeah. but it's got a similar yeah. vibe and I'll tell you walking into that place right when they opened the doors opened and I was oh, like man. I and you know these wonderful guys that work there that are you know yes. the keepers yes. of this place and they were just so wonderful compared to all these other theaters that I've been going to um that have reopened this was the vibe you know it was yeah. really like yeah. back to it and it was very comfortable and very clean and and organized and everything was great um so I can't say enough highly about them but I anyways love, you know New Newart is, I mean, obviously, I love the Arrow. I went to the Arrow yeah. a ton, Egyptian, yep. anything on the American Cinematheque. I, I did New Bev, we both love. But I have been to more midnight screenings right. that, like, I have, like, just the fondest memories of in my yeah. mind because they had the Friday night midnight shows they would run. I remember first moving out to L.A. I'd probably been here maybe a month uh, when Adam, me and Adam Mares, uh just walked down the street to see Dazed and Confused. Like, cool. he found out about That's it. And he's like, let's one. go yeah. see Dazed and Confused at midnight, you know? <laughs> and we rolled down. And just that is just one of the those memories in my head. It was just yeah. so much fun, man. And it was like, oh, we're in L.A. And we're, you know what I mean? We're it just... That place will always be. We're going to get back to it soon, up. man. I think within months we're we're yeah, back to very uh, fun exciting time midnight right movies and stuff. But uh, baby steps, you know. Um, for sure. And it's, so to round out these these movies, the the great thing about the landmark for anybody in LA, the landmark, the the big landmark location, is uh, only showing new stuff, and it's only showing really the Oscar stuff. So they have a full packed list of right. ten or fifteen movies that are playing, but they're all. You know, they generally play like one blockbuster mm-hmm. and then they play all the other uh, indie or Oscar related stuff. And, right, um, right. 
And so I saw one there that is nominated for the international uh, Oscar, meaning the foreign film. They they call it yeah. now international feature or whatever. But um, but this one is called Quo Vadis Aida, and it, I didn't know anything about it. I knew absolutely nothing about it, but I knew that it was nominated, and I wanted to try to hit all the international features yeah. before the Oscars yeah. happen. And this one is the most uh, most significant thing I've seen. Like, oh. I would put, I mean, if we take away the fact that there's best picture and then there's best international yeah, picture, yeah. you know, if we take that away, I'd put this up there. Like, it 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 resonates to me as being, like, best picture. But it, so it might right win, but I haven't seen the other ones yet. I've only seen another round, which I loved. Did, did you see, is Minari up for best uh, international? That's just, or is it just best up picture, for best picture because okay. it's it's considered an American movie because oh, it right, is an American right, movie. Right. Yeah, yeah, so finance. And, it, okay. So I think it has to do with yeah who produces it and where is it produced and so on and so forth. So the, it's the interesting language because for the Oscars, for, the language has nothing to do with it. it yeah, has to do right, with right. The 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 background of the production. I think. Well, yeah. well, it's interesting because you the only the only crossover you really have then is the animated right you have animated uh, can be up for best animated and is also a, it's and it's almost like yeah. they're they're automatically acknowledging for us to nominate you as an animated film is already the award right. and you're going to win animated like you don't even have to pay attention to that category because yeah. you're not going to win best picture but you'll win best animated anyway i don't know that's yeah. just it's interesting um, I highly recommend seeing that one. Um, and then last night, Laurie and I saw nobody at, uh, at city walk and, uh, nobody's really fun. You know, it's just a, it's a fun action movie. Right. Uh, it's a much more grounded John wick. John wick. Yeah. I was going to say it's not quite as um, exciting and visually yeah, high food. Well, yeah. It, yeah. I would say that's I definitely mean, that true. Laurie said she liked it better than the John Wick movies. So ooh, I, don't, ooh. I don't know. There's Fighting something there. I think, it, does. <laughs> I think it might. Yeah. I think it might. It John might connect Wick. with people. But uh, anyway. So did you ever see? Did you ever see Old Boy? Did you? Have you watched no, Old Boy? No. I've never okay. seen the original or the or the remake. But I mean, I'm it's, aware, it's I'm different aware. than John Wick and probably different than this, but it just kind of in that way of like the one guy sort sure. of unstoppable you know kind of going that's kind of going around nowadays yeah. we got we got yeah. so many versions of that um like right. atomic it's empowering is kind of like that and right sort of, right but, um, fair enough anyway so well, that's, that's my lot, run man. of the theater stuff yeah. which uh obviously feel free to chime in and uh tell me if you've seen any movies <laughs> no i'm good i haven't one no, just kidding um <laughs> yeah uh, i mean obviously not, nothing in the theater but um there there sure. are a couple i wanted to to yeah. breeze right through um i watched no bad nomad land which i had not um what seen, you think? and i really loved it yeah. um i you know it's heartbreaking i mean it's yeah, just sure. you know it's again most of these that are going to be for awards or or they put you through it but um yep. It was less political than I thought it was going to be. I really thought, and maybe this is just where my mind is right now, that it was going to have a lot to say about, like, how can we live in a country where these people um, exist and don't have this? And, and, it, and it's look, it just touches on fact, that, right? right? Yeah. Like, yeah, it touches on it at the beginning, like, and then this plant shut down and this town closed within six months. There was no town there anymore. So I get that. But really, it's about this individual and... There are some choices she may. I mean, you're you're sympathetic the whole way through, but there are some choices she makes that uh, lead to her situation, as opposed to just being. You know, I, I when I went into it thinking this is going to be a real condemnation right. on society, and right. you know, there's going to be nothing this person could have done. 
And not to say that there aren't bad circumstances, but sure. um, it was more of an individual journey, I guess yeah. is the point yeah, I'm trying yeah. to make. And I kind of liked that more. Yeah. Um, and it made me think a little more than just being like, yeah, these people are bad. She's good. Um, but anyway, I thought it was great. Thought the performance was great. Uh, we watched the U.S. versus Billie Holiday. Oh, I United States versus yeah. Billie Holiday. Um, again, just a great. There are a lot of great performances, man. That 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 just uh, she just kills it. I mean, she mm. crushes it in that movie. So definitely uh, check that out when you get a minute. Um, I guess as I'm looking at this list, it's just like it's like very 2020. It's everything's very depressing. I watched Pieces of a Woman. Did you watch that movie? <laughs> With no, Vanessa it's on Kirby? my list though. Okay, um, right. I, I didn't even know that it had Shia LaBeouf in it. I hadn't really looked oh, really? at anything. I hadn't I looked either. at the trailer. <laughs> hadn't done anything. Um, and he's really good. He's he's not as as big as she is. But um, but again, another great performance. Not not one that I'm ever coming back to. And I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it other sure. than that. One that I really loved and kind of at the top of the list for me over these last two weeks. Did you ever watch the forty year old version? On Netflix, um, yeah, that and I didn't. That rings a bell. What is that in reference to? It's um, it's I think it's sort of autobiographical. Um, so it's kind of like a a, nar- a scripted narrative that sort of reflects this person's real life, this lady's real life. But it is about this woman who was named, you know, in the top thirty under thirty. Um, poets or, or or playwrights in new york uh, and she's supposed to be this incredible talent and she's this minority that's just they're shining a light on she does all these interviews fast forward and it's been 10 years and she's 40 now and she literally can't get anything produced like she I was see. cited right off the bat as like this incredible talent but because of that and because of kind of the business of everything and her not moving forward or maybe because of for herself some it's not completely clear uh, mm-hmm. it just picks up where she hasn't done anything so now she's teaching you know, poetry at a school, mm-hmm. still trying to get her stuff done and kind of, and it, and it was, I bring this up because we were talking about Alan versus Pharaoh last time. Mm-hmm. I read a review on this after I watched it and it said, if you're mourning the loss of, you know, Woody Allen and you, you know, you just can't stand to watch his stuff anymore because I was everything else, which I would understand if people said that he was like, I got something for you. You know what I mean? It's very much kind of that kind of movie and that uh-huh. sort of style. If you like those kind of things, that's what it is. But it's really funny. It's really creative and it's completely original. Like the thing you were talking cool. about where the courier, they're all done the same or yeah. we've got a lot of this one man going after everything. This is a movie that is not like, you know, many other movies that are out there. I'm not saying there are no indies that are anything like this, but right. it's very, it's dramatic, but it's light, and there's a, there's just comedy peppered throughout, um, and cool. it, and it's a really original voice. So I would highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's easy to uh, see. Um, real fast, man. I watched the Octopus Teacher, which you had recommended to me. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was great. Thought it's up for best just, documentary, so it's yeah, something. Yeah. You know, it, um, it was uh, it was just very thought provoking and yeah. very interesting and it's a little wonderful. bit heartbreaking. It was sweet, a sweet movie. Um, I had never seen Queen and Slim, and I watched that uh, over oh, the last two I did weeks. See that, I don't know yeah. if you saw that one. I forgot about it, but I did really see liked it, yeah. that one as well. Yeah. Um, he, and of course, we we blew through the Beverly Hills Cop series, which I mentioned. <laughs> um, but another two that I wanted to mention is. I don't know if you heard of Happily with Joel McHale. No. Paul Shear has been really promoting it left and right. Um, we put that one on uh, and really didn't like it. Um, <laughs> okay. It, w- it was, we were so excited with the trailer and with the setup and the first like two acts, we were really, really into it. And it just went somewhere where not only was it like, oh, it's kind of disappointing. It didn't wrap it up. I, by the end of it, I know I was, and I think both of us were kind of like, this movie sucked. You know what I mean? Like we, it really like dropped the ball. I, I, I 
cannot recommend it other than just to maybe hear your thoughts on it. But right. happily, I was super disappointed. And then I spent four hours watching the Snyder Cut. Oh, great! We're going to talk about League. it. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's cap off movie talk. We are we get going to, TV to cap it off on that. Actually, um, let let me let me just ask you really quick because we're going to talk about Justice League for a few minutes, and then that'll end our movie segment. But um, I watched a movie with Lori that she loves. It's from her kind of childhood and i i bet okay. her family you know enjoyed it a lot and you know when we have these these very uh kind of sentimental movies you know sort of you want to show people uh, for sure and, those are have important. you ever seen the commitments no it is kind of up your alley and okay. that's why i was kind of like i need to know if patrick has seen this and um it's it's quite good it's it's an iconic Irish film. It takes place Ooh. in Dublin, and it is about a uh, a group in the eighties, mid eighties, I guess. Yeah, mid eighties, late eighties, late eighties. Okay. Um, okay. Meaning it was made then, uh, yeah. present day then. Um, <clears throat> and uh, it is about a group of kids that kind of get together to form a band, but okay, they okay. called the Commitments, but they are a um, uh, they are a uh, just kind of a ragtag group of people with different backgrounds, and they're not all the same age and or skill right, level right. at all. <laughs> and um, it is essentially the precursor to things like uh, that thing you do. And um, oh man, and yeah, uh, 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 Sing Street. You saw Sing Street a couple of years ago, yeah, right? That yeah, was sure. very cute. Um. Anyways, it's based on a book. It's not like a true story or anything, but it's based on a book, and um, it's uh, it's quite good because they really let the musical. It's got all of these wonderful musical numbers where they're mm-hmm. playing live in clubs and stuff. And the, the well, if Laurie hadn't mentioned it, I wouldn't have even noticed. But like they do the whole song. Like it's not a movie version of like oh, right. here's when they play. Of, they, it's like gotcha. they just gotcha. fucking cover yeah. the whole yeah, song. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very, very interesting. Anyways, they're and by the way, they're a soul band, so oh, okay. they're not okay. like some rock and roll, blah blah blah. It, I mean, it's it's soul. It's very heartfelt and very. They want to be as connected to the soul genre as possible and authentic right. to that genre as possible. And um and so it's quite good. It's very. You can tell that it's very iconic. It probably influenced lots and lots of music movies um that we don't even really realize yeah, um, yeah. and uh, yet i had never even heard of it and yeah, me neither That's you exciting. haven't even heard of it yeah so it's probably worth, worth a visit it's very small yeah. and it seems to me that most of the people in it are not necessarily long-term actors like they might have mm-hmm. dabbled mm-hmm. in it for this movie but um it's very very interesting and, well, I've uh, made a note. I, I would check it, it out. There. Yeah, yeah. Commitments. Um, anyway, so now let's transition to the <laughs> the very, very yeah. big uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. Um, let the me just preface by saying, thing. if we were to go back to yeah, right. <laughs> um, if we were to go back to my Twitter feed from years ago, I have a tweet that just says "fuck you, Zack Snyder," and I, I <laughs> wait, 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 wait. <laughs> Piggybacking on that, uh, recently, and this is not the same as yeah. Justice League, but. Recently, 
I had a, a five year memory or whatever pop up on Facebook, and it was my review of Batman versus Superman. Oh, great! And I just said <laughs> Batman versus Superman: The Death of Joy was my right, subtitle. Right. You know what I mean? So, that, so anyway, so continue. But yeah, it's it's so funny Similar because theory. the. Zack Snyder is a weird character in film because <laughs> he, is, he yes. comes from music videos, like a lot of directors, but he kind of didn't pivot. He never like got a sense of how to really sit down and tell a story, and, or that's our interpretation of yes, all of his work. Band. And uh, he's all style, no substance, and you could throw out all these different things that you know are to be said about him. But I'll just say very briefly that I quite loved this movie. <laughs> um, That's awesome. It was four hours long, or it is four hours long, and it is essentially a mini series. Yeah, um, definitely. Seven, eight parts or seven something. Seven or eight parts, it? perfectly broken up, so you can watch it a little bit at a time. It is, if it had been HBO miniseries, uh, Justice League, it would have totally worked. That you don't right. even really need to do anything. You just right. cut it up. Yeah. So um, when you, look I'm not at really it, sure why they didn't just call it a miniseries and right. bring it out that way. Uh, honestly, if it, it's, if it's it hadn't already weird. been a yeah. movie that was released, they very so. well might have. But um, uh, j- just real briefly for those who maybe aren't f- fully, uh, you know, uh, into this, um, Justice League is a is a DC you know extended universe movie that. Uh, came out in what 2016 or 17 yeah. and it's DC's and Avengers property it's where all the superheroes yeah. best superheroes team up and you know they started with all these other movies which we'll talk about uh and uh, eventually we're trying to get to Justice League where they all come together and save the world and blah 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 um Zack Snyder directed it he shot it he they were almost done with production and um I'm not exactly sure what came first whether Warner Brothers, because I'm hearing conflicting things, but I've done a certain amount of research and listening to things about it. And it seems like some people say that DC watched his cut and then hired Joss Whedon to come in to punch it up while he was still, while Zach was kind of still involved where I always thought that Zach left the project because his daughter like died and he, he yeah. left the project. I mean, it was terrible. Obviously we all You've got feel conflicting for, stories, for, but for I've heard everybody. different yeah. chronologies of how all those things happened and what came first and you never know what to believe. But anyways, the point is yeah. he, Zach Snyder left and had to go do personal things for quite a long time. And that's all fair, but he had finished essentially the movie so it's not so much that like he hadn't finished and they needed someone to finish it. They essentially ended up throwing out. They went another way. <laughs> about ninety percent of the content right. that Zach not shot, and then um, and then brought uh, Joss Whedon in to punch it up and to direct uh, a new version. And Although clearly Snyder's cut was never going to be four hours originally in the theater. So whatever Snyder's right. cut, at least I don't right. think so. Whatever Snyder's cut, what we got now, as much as it is true to his vision, is right. still more than oh, whatever 100%. we were going to yeah, get. We were never going to get this. Yeah. Never, never were we going to get this if his daughter hadn't died and he hadn't left the project and they didn't want to punch up. It still would have been. I guess there's some world in which maybe he could have convinced them to give him the two parts that they originally were going to do and two two two-hour movies, but it most likely still would have been cut down to two hours, which is a bummer because you got got Endgame that was really a a two-parter and you got, um, you know, lots of things that that get broken up, so I'm not sure why that wasn't on the table, but... Um, the point is that then 
<laughs> you know, petitions started. And anyways, the, yeah. the point to all of this is that they eventually, through coronavirus, gave him the creative leeway to make his version. And he went back and 90% of it was already shot. They had to do right. a significant right. amount of visual effects to finish it, which makes sense. Um, and uh, then they gave him reportedly about $30 million to reshoot some scenes or to shoot some new scenes. Right. Um, that amounted to maybe, I think it was said like five minutes of actual yeah, content. The Joker, the very um, end. Yeah. And, and it was like mostly that. the end stuff, the epilogue, which is not particularly good. <laughs> um, yeah, which is really weird I, and confusing I kind of if you don't disconnect know the comics. And, that yeah. from the rest, yeah. Some kind of alternate future. But it's said know. that the total amount they spent to finish and release the Zack Snyder version was $70 million, which if you're going, well, we're not really making any other blockbusters this year because yeah. of coronavirus, yeah. eh, that seems pretty reasonable. Um, but it ended up being a four-hour movie that's currently on HBO Max. And um, and what did you think about aspect, it? The aspect, Richie. What did you um, think? I, I honestly also enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I I told Kevin this yesterday. We were talking, and I said, you know, I'm. This is so so, so superior to the Joss Whedon to what we I got mean, in the theater, which it's was garbage. Not right? even close. I was like, this, this is just miles better. This is worth watching. Like this is worth yes. sitting and watching. <laughs> and then I said, that said, it's still not in game. Like no, Avengers no, in no, game. No. And, and listen, I'm not. Uh, we've talked about this at nausea. Like I am not a, a giant comic book movie fan the way I am. Like Star Wars and Indiana yeah. Jones stuff like that. Um, and the way you are with Lord of the Rings, but <laughs> I just think My favorite thing. that, you know, as just a moviegoer who enjoys this stuff, um, there was something about from the very beginning of these movies trying to team them up. They just didn't build a world the way that Marvel did. I yeah. mean, it's it just gives me more appreciation for Marvel. Like, it is such a thing that should not have worked and a bigger thing in scope and scale, you know, and timeline and everything than anybody's ever done. And it just being able to coexist all these worlds with the same characters the 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 Batman movies and the Justice League movies essentially they have just embodied Batman's world, which is dark and very mm. gothic and kind of you know what I mean. It's that's the it's what works in Batman Begins and Dark Knight and even Tim Burton's Batman movies, and it just all feels like the Batman universe, but for Superman and Flash and all these other yeah. characters. So that still is off putting to me. That said, like I said, the 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 movie was enjoyable. I thought it was so much better than the Joss Whedon. Uh, cut. I, what's really weird is if you go online and you look on the U- YouTube and stuff, uh, like they'll do comparisons and they'll use the sequences That's where that are in both. Really and feel they, the difference, dude. There yeah. are things where you're just like, why did I've we done this also. change yeah. the color of the clouds? For you know what I mean? Like, yeah. why did he make it a red hellscape as opposed to a black, you know, dark gray, yeah. you know, hellscape? Like. It's just there's some certain things that I understand the change. I'm like, okay, well, he went a different way, even if I don't like it as much. And there's other things where I'm like, so they recolored this? Like, not, I think, you know, I think for years people are going to be doing these comparison videos because you yeah, could just, you bizarre. can pick it apart for forever. Yeah, um, so bizarre. To see what they changed. Uh, line readings, uh, edit, edits, obviously, uh, you know, uh, re- different responses to an existing yeah. line and uh, 80 yard lines. And uh, just the amount of, of uh, kind of butchering that goes into all of yeah. this stuff is unreal. Well, not to defend Joss Whedon because, the, you know, as things come out, the more and more he seems like a piece of shit, too. But, yeah, totally. Um, but in his defense, you, you can't character build with all these people as much <laughs> with two hours as you can with four hours. You know, sure. like part of what I enjoyed about this is you got some background for the Flash and you got a ton for Cyborg. Like there are these characters that just show up 
mm-hmm. in the original theatrical cut, and and you know nothing about. I don't. Them. I don't blame Whedon, and I don't like you're saying. I don't blame Whedon. I don't blame Snyder. Um, I don't blame any of these people because I'm sure they, as as storytellers, know <laughs> what is being left right. out on the you know cutting room floor and. And it really just comes down to who the fuck at DC, what are they smoking that they think that continuing to limit people to releasing a two-hour version of yeah. things and, um, and and just the decisions that are made on a much higher level of, of what to greenlight and what not to greenlight, I, I don't quite understand it. The backstories of characters are so important. Obviously, right. the whole Marvel comparison, which you can't help but make. Yeah. Kevin Feige is obviously the reason for all of that, but you have a lot of different filmmakers that come through. And I, I just feel like the difference are, are, are char- characteristics like patience and subtlety and uh, finesse and things that, you know, it's like there's kind of more love and care put into each individual thing. Right. Um, and it took a lot longer. I mean, DC clearly rushed to release all these movies back to back to back to back to try to lead up to these things. And there are all these two hour movies that have way too much action and right, not enough, right. uh, you know, exposition about characters and things. And, um, well, and we I, talk I about know. this a lot with television too, right? Where like you, you find things better where they've already planned out the arc. You know, we talk yeah. about like British television will plan out the two seasons beforehand. And like, yeah. obviously that's better than flying blind. 100%. Part of DC's down, in my opinion, downfall. And part of what I, I will give them a break on is, you know, Marvel struck first. And when it became clear what they were doing, right? Like Iron Man landed in 2008. And at least for me, I didn't know we were world building and planning something for 10 years and 20 movies and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, that was the same year Dark Knight came out. And at the time, yeah. you know, DC's got to be thinking, well, we just landed the biggest comic book movie of all time. <laughs> I mean, they still did, right? Yeah. But that series wasn't even concluded. And then by the time they jumped back into the game with what would become like Batman versus Superman and Man of Steel and everything, n- never underestimate the fact that Marvel had carefully and meticulously planned all this stuff out, right? Like put it on a board, figured out where everything was going, these moving mm-hmm. pieces. Even if it changed as time went on somewhat, they There's had a plan, a plan, beginning, yeah. middle, and end, right? And beginning in like 50 middles and an end. <laughs> yeah, um, sure. But, but with, with these, I just think it felt from the beginning like, oh, shit, we got to catch up. This is what's in right now. Let's, let's green light Wonder Woman. Let's green light Spider-Man or Superman. Let's green light. And it just has felt like that the whole way through to me. And, yeah. and the other thing, the last thing I just want to mention about it, um, again, enjoyable, worth checking out. Check it out for sure. Yeah. But this one's actually the exact same to me as Marvel. Part of what these movies have done, I'm not trying to be a hater, but they really make me appreciate you know a villain like a Darth Vader because I've always said these sort of apocalyptic you know we're going to come and destroy the whole world and you got to stop us that's fine like I'm I'm into myths like I'm down you know the stakes have never been higher let's do it but we end up with you know this dark side character that you see you know and 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 even his minion I've already forgotten his name who actually comes and they actually do battle with um, but uh, bu- 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 Steppenwolf Steppenwolf they're fine. There's nothing wrong with them. They're not bad. Yeah. But in the same way that I, I thought with Thanos, it's kind of like, all right, well, at the end of the day, the strengths of this movie to me are not this iconic great villain character that we fear. And every time he comes in, he has presence, like when Vader enters or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and I just think 
that is in some in some way lacking to me from from all of these movies, yeah. especially when the character the heroes are so good. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like the heroes are so fully fleshed out and colorful, and they just pop and they're cinematic and and great. Um, so I've always felt like the villain game never quite matched the uh, the hero game uh, in these movies, and this was just a bigger example of that than Marvel. Yeah. But that's I think one that's thing all one hundred percent fair. Um, I, I you know it's just it's constantly a struggle to see some of our favorite superheroes as kids be kind of relegated to these not so great properties. I know yeah. you're oh a huge God. Superman fan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Batman's definitely my favorite superhero right. Uh, right. character. And um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that Ben Affleck's Batman in this movie is my favorite Batman other than Michael Keaton for wow, different reasons. Okay. I um, agree with you that he was great. Meaning, I was going to say that there's nothing wrong with him in these movies. Like he does a so good, fucking he's a good. good. Yeah. The reason, the reason to me that Joss Whedon's justice league, the theatrical one didn't work are the shoehorned in comedy and reshoots of, of one liners <laughs> yeah. that a plague Buffy that movie it's player. throughout. Yeah. And I never watched Buffy, but I realized that's the but style. Different tone. Yeah. And it's what he was um, good at on that. And they wanted that. That's fine. They were wrong. You, the people at DC were For wrong sure. that that was necessary. It might have been sort of necessary at the time. Cause we were talking like five years ago when they made these decisions, but you know, it was a different time politically and all kinds of things. Yeah. But yeah. I guess the point there is that, um, all that comedy is very subjective to me. What's not subjective or it's not really subjective are like really, um, emotional superhero, uh, you know, arcs and, uh, on backstories and, yeah. uh, the, the family connections and all of those things. I think everybody connects with that stuff. Not everyone's going to connect with your stupid fucking one-liners. And for me, <laughs> any comedy in the Marvel universe at least hits a um, a relatively universal tone that can hit enough people for the most part. Right. Um, yeah. This Justice League shit with Joss Whedon was so stupid. And Batman or Bruce Wayne, whoever he was at the time, had yep. so much stupid yep. shit to say, and uh, virtually every character in that movie had so much stupid shit to say that even more than it being a poorly constructed movie, uh, I just hated it for that. And this movie had virtually none of that. Yeah, And yeah. so it immediately is better. Batman is being Batman. It's probably, this is, I'd like to hear from Ben Affleck. I don't really know what his thoughts are on this cut, but I would hope that he really enjoys it because he looks great. He's, he is great. And, uh, I mean, Kevin Smith is obviously biased <laughs> to Ben yeah, Affleck, yeah, yeah, for sure. but he has said from the beginning, like Ben's doing the best Batman we've seen in a long time. I don't care about Chris Nolan's Batman character or, you know, Christian Bale's Batman. I don't care about most of the Batman's Val Kilmer, I think did a pretty good job. I, I enjoy Val Kilmer as Batman. Um, you know, uh, it should be I guess, said we grew up with him. Like, I yeah. think I've got a soft spot for him too. Um, I, I guess there's some case to be made that the animated series Batman is oh, the yeah. closest the to best. this Batman. Like <laughs> Ever. the animated series Bruce Wayne and Batman is maybe the most perfect re- representation yeah. of him. I and I think that Ben Affleck is uh, c- close to that. Like it's That's the closest a really good to point. that. Now that you say it that way, I do think he is probably the closest representation yes. to what I do think is the best Batman. 
I, I have said from the beginning, you, the actor can only do what's on the page with them. And yeah. like I said, I have not liked any of these movies. Like this is right. the first one right. I've liked at all. Right. But I, I never, th- I always thought Affleck was getting a bad rap because I yeah. never thought that Affleck wasn't good. It's just like him talking to Jeremy Irons. They're both fine to me. Like I, I yeah. like both yeah, of yeah. those actors and I, I buy all the stuff they're doing. Sure. It was just the movies were, were subpar. It's, so. it's really unfortunate what DC did to all of these characters, not just Batman, um, to make them comedic or whatever. It, it's so, it takes so much. You know what? Marvel's characters have always been kind of, again, the, the scrappy group of, excuse me, real world superheroes. And that's, right. that's kind of the vibe. Um, so you can, you can throw an Ant-Man in there. He's funny. He's like in jail. He gets out of jail, you know, whatever. And, and it, and it's funny. You put someone like Superman in a scene and he's, doing one-liner you know it doesn't work don't fucking do that and uh, i hope they learn their lesson i hope that after so many failures and this one being i think pretty pretty loved at this point i mean we'll talk about that soon but um anyways and you know it's an incredibly uncommon for being four hours long it's an incredibly uncomplicated straightforward movie that i never got lost in the plotting of i never felt overwhelmed by story um or even action that much obviously there's plenty of cgi in this there's plenty of crazy shit plenty of that slow down to absolute not so slow i don't mind it it's all totally fine it works though it plays into the and uh, Ezra Miller's, uh, you know, cute and everything. He's got some things to say that are a little stupid, but for the yeah. most part, yeah. he's enjoyable, <laughs> and uh, all his scenes are enjoyable. Um, what you know, they used four by three aspect ratio, yeah. supposedly because they shot it all in IMAX. Right, and true IMAX seventy millimeter is yep. a, a very large vertical frame, and it's close to four by three. I think that's the. The, the the Zack Snyder answer is that oh well we shot it in this similar aspect ratio so we're gonna sque- you know put it in that right. I don't know that I buy that uh, it's a little weird yeah, to, to me but um, but anyways I well, highly recommend it yeah la- last thing I'll say and yeah, obviously we should move on although you yeah. know this movie was four hours long so if we want to talk we should, four we should hours talk about, about it for four it, hours we'll, we'll do what yeah. we want <laughs> um, but uh, you know obviously we need to move on but um, I would just say that. Uh, yeah, ultimately, this one's worth checking out. I wonder if – I just wonder because now we're, we're getting a new Batman that actually looks interesting. You know, they they moved on from this. They divorced themselves from this the minute the Joss Whedon cut didn't work. <laughs> and then the world slowed down, and so they were like, well, let's put this out. And now the reaction to it seems pretty overwhelmingly I good. Would watch, like, I would watch a standalone Batman Ben Affleck movie in a which second. Which they were planning ben on before. Had one. He had a yeah. script for one, and he gave he gave up on I think DC and yeah. just said fuck all this, uh, rightfully so. Right. And uh, I would watch that in a second because again, it feels like the most uh, appropriate Batman that I want. Yet this Robert Pattinson one they're making yeah. now is probably going to be Cullen's the polar opposite of yeah. what we're talking about. Yeah, maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. Uh, I'm I'm more inclined to think that it won't work. Uh, yeah, time will tell. But we'll see. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, I, there's nothing about that one that I think wouldn't be good. I just it's just interesting. You, there's never been a time where we've had like something that was thrown out. And then later there was this huge call for it when yeah. they had already moved on. And you start to wonder in this day and age where I've talked to you about this, it kind of drives me nuts. I, I really want a definitive version of something. I don't even mind the alternative version, uh, yeah. but I just want to know what the definitive version is. That, that's just mm-hmm. me. That's a personal thing. 
But we're in an age right now where who's to say they wouldn't just continue this and also have this other thing. It's, I mean, we've got a million versions of it's everything. It's entirely anyway. possible. So uh, I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what uh, what happens. Never forget that in 1983, <laughs> um, the year I was born, we got both Octopussy and uh, Never Say Never Again. <laughs> yeah, two so James Bonds. <laughs> the original so James Bond, which was the unofficial James Bond in a remake <laughs> slash sequel and Roger Moore, Excellent old Roger point. Moore and Excellent Octopussy. Point. So, I just want to mention really quick that if you're looking for any great content to supplement Jack, Zack Snyder's Justice League, um, one of our favorite podcasts did a did an episode already about it. How did this get made? Did yeah, an episode? yeah, I haven't listened yet, but um, it's wonderful. It's so incredibly good. It's one of my favorite ones I've listened to in so long. And then the other one that's wonderful is the Red Letter Media oh, kind of yes. one. Yes, and favorite. that's they're both they're both valuable pieces of content to watch. But the Red Letter Media one, they really. Um, they really rip it apart in a good way, meaning they really have lots of good information, lots of good notes. They cut to, they filmed them watching it also. So they huh. cut to their reactions throughout the movie to things that are going on. And that's very, very cool. Um, it's, but they, they, they give some direct comparison in scenes. That's very, it makes your blood boil. So um, right, right. I, I just want, yeah, Can't I want wait. you to watch both of those. Exciting. Um, anyways, we can move on to some TV. There's not that much uh, on my list, but um, one of the things that happened immediately after we last recorded was the Grammys. And um, I just want to say really quick that uh, it was really wonderful. Uh, it was probably the best uh, award show that we've had since coronavirus. And it, also looked great and sounded great, which is all absolutely yeah, they did a good po- job. The polar opposite of how the Grammys normally is. The norm normally yeah. the Grammys sounds fine, but it's all live performances, and sometimes you know people don't sound wonderful because it's live. But at the same time, um, usually it's not very well produced, and it's kind of weird and awkward and not that smooth. And this one was so smooth and wonderful, and it sounded much better, I think, because they a lot of them sung with a track. Um, mm-hmm. or lip synced, mm-hmm. which is generally not okay. But uh, but I I would I'm here for it either way. It was yeah, it was really wonderful. I loved it. Um, and the big T there's two <laughs> two things. Um, the big TV thing that happened the last week or the week before was this Back to the Future uh, show. Um, I watched all of it. It's uh, did you watch any of it? I haven't yet. It's on Discovery Plus, which you can get a free trial of for a week. But it's four episodes of something called Expedition Back to the Future, and it's with this guy. Josh Gates, who I don't really know him, but he has a he has a show where he goes out and finds stuff. Um, and so this is a part of his kind of show um, where he uh, picks up Christopher Lloyd <laughs> as Christopher Lloyd, the actor, and they go around trying to find the seven original DeLoreans that were used for filming. But along the way, there are a lot of uh, other actors from the movies that come in and kind of help them through the journey. So it's heavily scripted and kind of corny, but in a very endearing, wonderful way. And uh, their journey is very kind of scripted and formulaic. You're not really watching a documentary as much as 
you know, a scripted reality series. Okay. Um, so you take it with a grain of salt. But at the same time, it's incredibly enjoyable to see all of these things happen uh, of them traveling around the country, finding these DeLoreans and talking about them and talking to fans and talking to actors. And um, it's just, it's very cute. And it, this is an insane thing to say, but we all know that we will never get another Back to the Future movie. Robert Zemeckis and Bob Gale have... Uh, yeah, let's Good hope. for them. Let's hope. Uh, they have, I'm pretty sure Zemeckis has it. Not only does he own, he has the rights to it. So the, it's not like Universal owns the rights and they can go do whatever they want. Zemeckis has the rights and he has it in his will uh, that even after he dies, those rights go to his kids who are essentially instructed also not to allow that to ever happen. Yeah. yeah. I guess anything's possible, but I don't, these are men of pretty high integrity i don't think they will ever allow it to happen that's the story um so that being said this little mini series might be the closest thing to another back to the future movie we ever yeah, get yeah as you watch it you're like okay it's scripted there's some adventures they're going on finding stuff they're driving all over the country like it Lloyd's kind there. of and christopher lloyd's with him um and we see a lot of the actors from the movie. Like it's the it checks so many boxes that you're just kind of like along for the ride. You know, yeah, um, it's a real it's great very Scott very moment. it's very cute. Uh, so I recommend that. That's cool, man. Um, the only other things are some of the Marvel stuff. Falcon and the Winter Soldier started. Have you been watching it? I haven't checked that out at all. Obviously, loved WandaVision, but I have not jumped into. Falcon. Well, let me give you just. I'm not gonna get into it a lot, but uh, don't. Um, expect much from it. Um, I I have no problem saying it is t- like third tier Marvel at this point. Right. Okay. It is just <clears throat> some more story they're trying to tell in between movies for whatever reason. And so far, I'm not in love with it. I'm going to keep watching it just like we watch all the Marvel movies just to get the information. Yeah. Yeah. But um, d- definitely don't expect it to be anything creative like WandaVision. It's just a pretty straightforward story that uh so far it's fine it's fine fair enough um and uh but there was a very cute uh little making of wandavision on on disney plus so i would check that out yeah it's called marvel studios assembled the making of wandavision um i'll definitely check that out out. but that's all i got for tv uh well i i we plowed through a couple things it's interesting you you brought up the commitments because um, you're talking about you know the Irish setting and yada yada yada. Yeah. Have you ever heard of Dairy Girls? D e r r y Dairy Girls. No. Cute little show. Um, you know, not not an incredible thing, but very enjoyable watch. There's only two seasons. There's six episodes a season. They're thirty right. minutes an episode. You know, it, it is it's just so digestible and so quick. And it's just this story of this like four pack of girls that go to this Catholic school in Ireland. Um, during the early 90s, it's set right in that period in the early 90s where, you know, when we get Patriot Games and you get The Devil's Own and all these movies about the IRA and Great uh-huh. Britain just ha- really, like, literally having their terrorist sort of Cold War, you know, there was a very real thing in the world. And when, you know, yeah. Sunday Bloody Sunday is coming out, you know, all these songs and it's just kind of in the public consciousness. But it's such an innocent show. I mean, it really is built around these girls who were just experiencing high school girl things like they're a goofy group of friends. And although there are things like, Hey, they shut down the bridge. You got to go around. You're going to be late to school because there's a bomb on it. 
even though there's stuff like that, it never dives into that. That's yeah. always peripherally. And, and yeah. I found that so interesting and I liked it so much because if you are a kid, as much as you're aware with that, once you start living with it, you're still upset about the zit you got, you know, or the sure. guy you like it. You know what I mean? Like yeah, life that's goes on. the thing. Yeah. 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 And I, I, it's just a very, very sweet show, man. Like it's just, re- and they get, they have one boy kind of in their group who's from England. So of course they all hate him, but he's a cousin of one of the Irish ones. So, and they're so scared that, of what will happen to him if he goes to the boys' school that they put him in the girls' school. So he's there with all the girls. He's one of the dairy girls. So everyone, I mean, this is done very tastefully. I mean, this might sound bad, but everyone just assumes he's gay, you know, and it's the Uh 90s and they're just like, oh, you're gay. And he's like, I'm not gay. I'm British. You know, like it's just like (laughs) that whole thing plays in. But it's it's really fun, man. It's really enjoyable. And I always just love the Irish stuff just – you sure. Know, I, obviously, I, I have not been to Ireland. I am of Irish descent, so yeah, there's nothing yeah, to right, connect right. to. But I just right. really enjoy that culture. It's just funny and is and this a new show or? What um, is it? I mean, relatively new. Last couple of years. I okay. mean, it's something. And again, it's a small show. What's it, what's um, it streaming on? We watched it on. Oh man, now I can't remember if it was Hulu or Netflix. Okay, one of those. I've been doing so many, but yeah, okay. it's, not, it's yeah, easy yeah. to get to. Um, cool. So that, and then um, I'll just mention um, the the basketball tournament has been back. March Madness that's been fun for me, just because it was canceled last year. Cool, yeah. With quarantine, what's been weird about it is I'm I'm just the least knowledgeable about the basketball world this year as I've ever uh, been sure. because you know yeah. it's been such a weird time and I just I don't know anything about the teams and. So that's been kind of weird, but I, but I got on a Zoom and watched uh, part of a game with Kevin the other day. That was fun. Cool. And then the only other thing I wanted to mention, um, this is not anything that I even knew about. It just popped up on the HBO app, um, and it's expiring soon. But um, there's a CNN series called American Legacies, okay. and they did it's their six-volume installments, like six one-hour installments. And American Legacies, the Kennedys I've been watching about the, the Kennedy family, uh-huh. um, and there's one on the bushes too, which I don't think I'll get to, but the Kennedy one has been great. It's just really good. Like history. If you like those history docs, it's, it's just really, really interesting. Yeah. Just, a, it just, there's so many, I don't know how much of it, I can't really separate out how much of it is like the making of it versus the Kennedy family just seems made up. Like there's just so many things, you know what I mean? Like it just seems be, be careful. A lot of people will, uh, will, will write in. <laughs> I don't want yeah, uh, to, it is, I don't want to start. Any, it is. Yeah, they're not real. <laughs> crazy with this day and age but it's like the drama of that family and the way things have gone beyond the jfk assassination and robert kennedy and all this other stuff down to their father and ties to you know potentially ties to organized crime and how he made his way up in america and then like you know all the other siblings it's it's just what a crazy family so crazy and so dramatic and it's just it's like a mythology it's like an american mythology so that's been really interesting but that's all that's all i got for tv that's great. I think we can uh, trans uh, transfer, translate, trans uh, transition, deuce, trans transition. There's the word. There you go. <laughs> to news. We still use that word, don't we? Uh, we do. Uh, to uh, to news. Um, we did have some deaths, uh, quite a few big ones uh, in the last couple of weeks. The first one I want to mention was Yafet Koto. Yeah, died at 81. And it's funny we were talking about Midnight uh, Run earlier. He was in that. Um, he was very Live and Let Die, of Alien, course, the villain, and most Alien, notably, great. Live and Let Die. Uh, he for played us, Kananga. definitely yeah, most for, for notable for, for exactly, Mr. Big for and Kananga, the greatest. Um, which, by the way, I, I uh, years ago bought Patrick the the uh, 
pigeon double take shirt. The other <laughs> shirt that I didn't get you is the Kananga balloon, um, where he explodes. <laughs> yeah. So that's a that's a that's now a shirt I, I wouldn't mind yeah. owning. Just considered the fast. two craziest moments um, in the Bond series. Exactly. Yeah. Um, George Siegel died at eighty seven. I know. Um, Rest in peace. You know, we know him recently from the Goldbergs, uh, but he's been. I mean, he's both crazy, great long, long lives. Long though. I mean, yeah, great careers. Um, and then Jessica Walter, of course, from Arrested Development and Archer and so many one things. of the funniest um, character actors. Yeah, to me. I looked her up. I'm like, holy shit, she's yeah, been oh in so many more things. She's I mean, got like we know her for Arrested credits, Development and for Archer, but there, yeah, this person. The has quantity done, of episodes yeah. of television she's been in is insane. Um, and it's nice. so, I will never not hear her voice in my head, giving <laughs> nice. money and saying, "You go see your Star War." You know that line. <laughs> go go see a Star War. It'll yeah. never, yeah, <laughs> never leave me. She's great. Um, so today is March twenty eighth. March twenty sixth is officially uh, Leonard Nimoy Day in Boston, which I yeah, saw that. Cool. That's dope. Um, that's a cool news thing. Um, one of our favorite new shows, Resident Alien, was renewed for a second season, as it should that's be. That's good, right? Um, and there's a couple. Of, I'm just going to hit some headlines because they're kind of silly. Uh, Ace Ventura three is in development. What <laughs> with with, uh, with, uh, with Jim. With Jim Carrey, with okay. the writers from uh, Sonic, because he was in Sonic, of, <laughs> yeah, course. of course. So yeah. I don't know what any of that means, but go for it. Well, it um, means Ace is going to be very fast. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> National Treasure uh, is getting a series for Disney+. Plus. We kind of knew about that, but they've confirmed yeah. that Nick Cage will not be in that. Never got um, that third movie. You know, Always going to wonder what was in that presidential I wonder, book. I, I really wonder about that. Um, this one's cool. I am de- way down for this, if they can do it right. Um, it's Disney, but they're planning an alien cinematic universe. Um, really? I, I don't think they'll uh, be able I, to do it right. I just, <laughs> I'm definitely okay, down to, I'm definitely down to, I'm, I'm a hundred percent down if they can do it right. I, I sure, don't, sure, sure, I don't sure. know that anyone goes to that rated R dark tone in Disney, uh, well, the same way they, anymore, but they, I mean, they could do it. They know what the property is. It's very yeah. dark and it's very yeah. R. So, uh, I think they'd be stupid not to, uh, continue with that. It lends itself um, well to much more storytelling though. Like that's you said, what I'm in the saying. World. Yeah. It's the same as star Wars, right? Where you want to branch it's out. just the world. world and stop I don't giving need us the, the characters. Yeah. I just need the world totally um, of alien. Yeah. Um, Paramount is said to be in development on five m- Star Trek movies. Uh, that's uh, crazy. I don't know Do, what. Exactly is there information? Making, yeah, on which ones? I, no, I don't think we know exactly. I mean, but the, the Tarantino so many ones probably one. There's they still want to continue with the Kelvin timeline. They right. say there's the uh, Noah Hawley that's said to be involved in one. Uh, he he's done a bunch of bunch of t he did fargo and a bunch of tv shows um so i don't know uh, also in star trek news there is a history channel docuseries coming out called the center seat 55 years of star trek and that's to be oh, right out on. later this year a multi-part an eight-part history channel docuseries so i think did you ever watch awesome. i had these on vhs when i was growing up um they did a 25th and a 30th anniversary special for Star Trek. I'm aware of them. Yeah. I loved them when I was growing I up. Should, I have uh, no idea if they good I should good dig now. those up, yeah. But there's a great um, speech by Ben Affleck. I'm sorry, uh, Ben Stiller, uh, who is a huge <laughs> yeah. Star Trek fan where he comes out. One of them's in a big auditorium and they're on a stage and they show clips. But another one is like just kind of a documentary that just mm-hmm. sort of bounces around and um, Kirk and Nimoy and Shatner uh, kind of narrate it and they pop in and talk to you and everything else. But if you're a fan... They're yeah. both really great. I, and I wondered about trying to get them. And I just think 
the quality of them for being these TV docs at that time probably yeah. wouldn't be able to be updated, or no one would have updated uh, it. And yeah. I think it would be yeah. like watching, like having cataracts and watching, yeah, yeah. you know, now. But other it's than possible. that, I would love to watch I'll, it. I might, um, anyway. I might look for those. Yeah, um, that's cool. I, uh, I have some uh, kind of upcoming stuff that I want to mention. Uh, just throwing out some names of things for you to look up and. Uh, look at trailers for uh actually before we do that i want to mention uh my friend mike uh mentioned this uh episode of 99 invisible which is a great podcast okay um called the megaplex and it's just like it sounds so i would highly recommend checking out this uh recent episode of 99 invisible the megaplex because it's really okay. just a it's a um a really wonderful, uh, wonderfully produced segment about the uh, kind of the advent of a major multi-screen movie theater from the previous era where they were uh, single, flat, Giant, you know, yeah. theaters, uh, relatively no small, seating. which came from an era that before was much bigger. You know, you went from thousand people to a hundred people yeah. to three hundred people. You know, there's been right. this evolution. Yeah, that's interesting. I never and uh, I hadn't either. And this is a, an absolutely wonderful movie uh, episode. It's only like forty five minutes. That's long. cool, man. It sounds really um, interesting. Anyway, so the Megaplex on ninety nine percent invisible. But yeah, talking about some trailers of the upcoming stuff. Did you see the new Suicide Squad trailer? Yeah. Yeah. Um what James Gunn directing. I am pretty underwhelmed. Visually it looks fun. Um virtually nothing that is said in yeah. the trailer makes me laugh or really feel any kind of way. It's funny so, because I didn't care about Suicide Squad at all, the original trailer or the original movie, and I remember right. just being like, "Uh, eh. and I think that's why we got the Harley Quinn movie because like that's right. the one thing that's interesting. That said, this trailer to me seemed like it would be an improvement on that movie to me. Yeah. That's just yeah. my initial gut reaction. I was just like, well, this looks like a better Suicide Squad. I mean, I again, still don't want another Suicide Squad, nor did DC I ever really want is one. is so weird. But, Why did yeah. we get this movie? What is going on? We got Suicide Squad from one director and then the Suicide Squad from a different yeah. director with yeah. different characters and some people like the same and some people different. You know, it's and so that's weird. weird and I can't defend it. I think part of it for me was I also liked who they put in and took out more this time okay. yeah, now yeah. that doesn't explain wh- why did you have to do that why did you bring you know, <laughs> right. the first one but like with, to yeah. me i was just like oh yeah I, i'm down for idris elba and i'm down for you know what i mean there were some yeah. things in this one that i was like There's yeah no I'd, doubt. I'd rather i love see the that. shark guy i forget his name <laughs> right. but yeah. he's hand hand i mean that's the, the closest thing to comedy in that trailer right, um, right. yeah for sure so uh some other, other trailers Marvel, maybe. did you catch the trailer for stowaway the new netflix movie? no but i've read about that um, I, I read some early stuff about that. It's a decent trailer, and uh, we just want to remember that this is Joe Pena. Uh, Pena or Pena? I'm not exactly sure Pena, how Pena. you say his name, but we've talked about him before. He directed Arctic. We saw Arctic right. in the theater right. together, the one with the, with the fucking bear at the end. That was yeah. so nuts. Um, oh, man. You know, yeah. he's, he's actually a wonderful director, and he hasn't done a ton of stuff. So he's still kind of new, but this looks like, you know, the next step up, kind of a big budget Netflix action space movie uh, or 
drama space movie. Yeah. Um, But uh, I would definitely check it out. Um, That's a good trailer. Uh, Mortal Kombat is coming out soon with a very hard R rating. I hadn't watched the Red Band trailer for Mortal Kombat yet, but it's pretty pretty brutal. Yeah. Brutal. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Um, um, They they had to give this one like the R, the true true treatment if you want to be true to the game. Because I played the game a good amount growing up um, (laughs) for what little gaming I did. And uh, I I just want to mention real quick, one of our building engineers, the building I work at, Dude, he is so excited for yeah. Mortal Kombat that it made me excited for Mortal Kombat. Sure. Like he came in and he was like, "Yeah, you know, you could rent a theater now. Like they let you rent theaters, yeah. and if you get your buddies together, you can have a twenty. He's telling me all this stuff that I knew, but I just yeah. let him go on because he was excited. He's like a little kid, and he was like, "We're doing it for Mortal Kombat." He was <laughs> he was so excited. He's like, "Me and my boys, that's we're gonna adorable. go." I was like, "That's awesome, man. That sounds yeah. like a great great time." So anyway, that's awesome. There was a trailer for a new Guy Ritchie movie that. I didn't even know it was coming out, but I've seen it at the theater now called Wrath of Man. Have you heard Don't of this? Don't know about that one. Yeah. Check out the trailer when you get a chance. It's Guy Ritchie starring Jason Statham, and uh, it's kind of an action movie. It looks like it takes place in L.A., um, and it's about uh, Jason Statham plays like a uh, armed security guy, uh, like, a, like a Brinks-type guy. Um, okay. But, uh, I'm not a big Guy Ritchie fan, but I quite liked The Gentleman. I did too, dude. Um, so like and so you much know, more than I thought he, I was going to. Yeah, totally. And it's, he has some good shit in him. He just I don't always he like it. He needs to just keep making his gangster movies, dude. That he's good yeah. at that. That's the world he exists. He tries to do King Arthur, and it's a giant dud. Yeah, <laughs> just no, it's yeah. there. I know you wouldn't have really been down for that anyway. But it, oh no. man, that was a piece of crap. Anyway, okay, <laughs> I believe it. my opinion. Just my um, opinion. And uh, to round out the upcoming stuff, French Exit, which is the one that, uh, um, oh God, what's her name? I'm blanking on the name. Um, da, 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 I'm not sure I remember this one. Keep going. I'll look it up. Catwoman from Batman Returns. God damn it. Oh, Anne Hathaway? No. Oh, I'm sorry. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer. Thank you. You know, you just can't remember everybody. Yeah. Michelle Pfeiffer was nominated for the the golden globe for French exit French exit comes out next Friday and it looks wonderful. I'm excited for that. That'll be in theaters as are all of the Oscar shorts coming to AMCs. So you got the oh, short right on live action. You got the short animated and the short documentary. So I'm definitely going to hit all of those in theaters uh, before the Oscars. Um, yeah, and Jess and, and I, I will be vaccinated, vaccinated soon. So yeah, I'll yeah, yeah. You're right around the corner stuff. Um, I would say we could transition. That's a good segue into Oscar nominees. Well, not quite yet. Oh yeah, tell me what you got. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> what? No, sorry. I just want to mention on Disney Plus. Yes. Um, along the lines of uh, childhood favorites, uh, Mighty Ducks Game Changer has been. I don't know if you've seen that that trailer. No. But uh, there, there's a Mighty Ducks series. Emilio Estevez will be back. Really? In no way am I saying that this will be good. Or even that <laughs> Mighty Ducks necessarily is that good. But if you grew up with Mighty Ducks... Um, That's very fun. You yeah. know, Mighty Ducks to me was always just the watered-down PG version of Bad News Bears, which is just right. a seminal sports movie to me and Little League movie. But Mighty Ducks is also the movie that I grew up with. So Mighty Ducks is very special to me. Sure. Um, before we got into kind of middle school and high school and me and my friends got into actually like playing competitive sports and playing basketball and stuff like that, 
uh, Mighty Ducks had come out, and we all just bought rollerblades. Like every kid in my neighborhood had rollerblades, yeah, and we played yeah. roller hockey. We sucked at it. We could, some of us couldn't <laughs> even stop. We'd just roll into the grass. But we played roller hockey because of Mighty Ducks. I mean, it was like an era. So um, it's not even that the trailer necessarily is that great or anything like that. It's just like, oh my god, they're doing a Mighty Ducks. Um, so I just wanted to mention that one. The other um, thing, it says it came out Friday. I didn't even know it was already yeah, out. Yeah, so it was yeah. like okay. the trailer came All out. Right, it was cool. like, hey, check it out. We haven't checked it out yet. But um, cool. the other yeah. one I wanted to mention. Um, um, uh, do you know the actor Bo Burnham? Yeah, uh, he, I love he was Bo, in. Yeah. yeah, he was in a, a promising young female, um, Probably promising young woman, and he promising directed Eighth Grade, sorry. which is a wonderful movie. Yeah, yeah. and and did a great job in uh, uh, promising uh, yeah. young woman as well. Um, I thought he was a very strong uh, character. But um, anyway, he is going to be playing. I just wanted to mention, since I'm a basketball fan, he's going to be playing Larry Bird which I think I heard is that. appropriate yeah. casting in an HBO series. I don't know. I assume he'll be in a lot of it. I mean, it's an HBO series about the Lakers, but you know, Larry Bird and Magic Johnson were these rivals for 10 years and he'd be a Celtic for that. But, um, that, right. uh, seemed like it would be, uh, could be, a, could be a fun thing to check out. And then yeah. the other two things I, I wanted to check out or, or wanted to just mention just a little bit of a uh, more listener feedback. Um, so my friend Ted continues to listen and catch up to our <laughs> stuff much later. Yeah. So it's funny. I keep getting feedback from other things that we've already done, you know what I mean? And, and checked yeah. out. And there's been a couple things we've mentioned that he's like, okay, I just listened to this. I'm going to go put that movie on, you know, like we'll just remind <laughs> him of something. Uh, and then also, um, Jess's sister, Erica as well, um, was listening not too long ago, so we've uh, we've had some people who've just been chiming in and saying, "Hey, really enjoying this," and obviously we appreciate it and uh, appreciate you guys tuning well, in. Well, I f- I feel like I need to play Ted's voicemail. He left you because Ted <laughs> uh, brought you know he he brought us back to something that we had on the pod a long time ago, where I was trying to still trying to figure out what is going on with this concept of uh, our friend Tom and his interpretation of a line in the matrix and (laughs) what accent that person had, what he perceived that accent that person had. And, uh, and essentially the argument is Tom, Tom thinks is an Eastern European uh, uh, or excuse me. We think it's a Eastern European accent Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. Tom for some reason thinks it's a Southern Yes. Like, what did he say? Like, Tennessee or, yep. I, yep. I don't know, some kind Pretty of southern accent. Pretty much ground where I'm from. Yeah, near, and that's why I brought it up. I was like, all right, well, you know, we can. So your friend Ted um, left us a voicemail, um, <laughs> and here it yes. is. Your old Tommy boy couldn't be more wrong. It's not like this. Not like this. <laughs> he d- he. That's a perfect example, I think, of what Tom thinks he's hearing. <laughs> But he's he couldn't be more wrong. Just Every like time I hear said, that, so. it cracks me up so much. Um, now Ted's not, officially not, been not played. Like on our, not like this. Not like this. <laughs> not like this. Not like this. It's not oh, like man. this. It's oh, like man. that. This is a gift. This conversation is a gift. I, uh, thank you, Ted. <laughs> yeah, that was great. It's, it's it's worth continuing to rub salt in this wound. Um, <laughs> keep keep the wound fresh. We just um, keep attacking the nicest people yeah, in the world. That's exactly. what we do. You deserve anyway. it, Tom. Um, All right. I so think I uh, it's a great segue. Let's talk about some Oscars. Uh, just do it. real quick, I'm going to bring up the uh, the nominees. Um, I'm not even going to hit all of them. I just want to mention uh, a couple of the major categories. Um, like, for instance, uh, Best Picture. Um, there's no real surprises here. You got The Father, uh, Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, Minari, Nomadland, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, 
and Trial of the Chicago 7. I would say the big surprise there for me is probably Promising Young Woman. <laughs> the rest are, uh, I would say, pretty – even though I didn't enjoy Mank that much, it's yeah, fine. Um, I it's get why it's in there. Yeah, I get why it's in there, technically. Promising Young Woman I mean, wait, is – Mank is the uh, Roma of this year, but continue. I But I, I thought Roma was so – I just significantly mean more the um, technical yeah, black yeah, and white. It. All the film students are going to love it. That's all I'm saying. No, no, you're right. You're right. Um, anyway, so those are the best picture nominees, and I'm happy that I've seen all of them at this point. So that uh, I can. Move I, on. I have only not seen at this point the father and Minari. Right. So hopefully I can get Which those. Which you'll, the you'll kill those real yeah. quick because so. uh, they're both available all over the place now, sort of. Um, you know, directing, you got, uh, I'm really excited to see that Thomas Vinterberg, who directed another round, which is only nominated in the international category, uh, gets a directing nomination. That's huge. Um, you get David Fincher from Mank, Lee Isaac Chung from Inari, Chloe Zhao for Nomadland, and Emerald Fennel for um, Promising Young Woman. Um, those are all fair. I'm, I'm, I, I think that, I, I think that there's some, some, that could have been in that category that you might have knocked out a couple of these. But always rightfully, are. rightfully so. They are uh, they're trying to be as diverse in these nominations as possible. And I think this year you have quite a few women and you have quite a few people of color. And uh, I mean, I think you could probably make the case that Regina King um, should have been in there. I, I thought. Yeah. I yeah. even though that's a she's like pretty new. In direct directing features, but I I really did think um, One Night in Miami was extremely well directed. Uh, yeah, me whatever. too. It's whatever. It's the strength um, of the movie, I think. I, I, because exactly. it's hard to do. There's not, movies that are like a play. You know, it's not really anything else. Yeah, yeah. you bring out those it's, performances and you keep it interesting. The even direction. It shouldn't be. Yeah, correct, correct. Um, I don't know. Um, animated features. I haven't seen all these yet, but Onward, Soul, Wolfwalkers, Over the Moon, and Shaun of the Sheep movie, Farmageddon. <laughs> um, again, <laughs> I can't recommend enough Wolfwalkers. Just everyone go see Wolfwalkers. I hope Wolfwalkers wins. I'm fairly sure that it is hands down better than all the rest of these um, Wolfwalkers. I'm a big supporter of. Word. Um, you have some actors, actor in a leading role, Riz Ahmed for Sound of Metal. I'm way on board for that. so great. Chadwick for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom, Anthony Hopkins for The Father, Gary Oldman for Mank, and Steven Yeun for uh, Minari. Um, Every one I, of those know. I've seen, they were all great, so I'd be fine with whatever. Um, you still need to see Minari, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah great. Yeah. Um, I guess the point there is I don't know that Steve, Steven does an outstanding job. Best, uh, probably, yeah, hands down best thing he's ever done. I mean, this is Glenn from Walking Dead. Um, yes. But <laughs> he's, he's so, so wonderful in this. Uh, yet, I think Riz Ahmed is probably my standout. Granted that Anthony Hopkins is, is so good, but I haven't seen My Rainies yet. That's the only one I haven't seen. So, dude, Chad, um, it's not just a posthumous thing. Uh, Chadwick I know you said is, that last time. is and this is a because this was a play, or this is a you know uh, there he, there is some dialogue to chew into and to yeah. like as an actor, and he he is on display to me. Chadwick is on display as much as he's ever been as an actor. And again, yeah. I, I know this all sounds like, all right, now he's passed away and you know, this is what you're going to say, but I, I truly, I don't think he's been on display to me as an actor in a role, this meaty um, before, at least that I've seen, I haven't yeah. seen everything he's done, um, but he's, he's really fantastic. You definitely should check it out. Oh, there's a I couple of good performances, but yeah. he is, he is really, really great. Um, there's some monologues that he gives that are, 
just great. Uh, and on to actress in a leading role, uh, Viola Davis for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And then you also have very good. Andrew Day for United States versus Billie Holiday. You also have very Vanessa good. Kirby, Pieces of a Woman. Also Frances very good. Frances McDormand, <laughs> Nomadland. Everybody's good. Um, <laughs> Carrie Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Um, yeah, she's fine. <laughs> she's I, I thought, good, I thought she, she did a great job. I just, yeah, there were, there were things, obviously we already talked about it, but yeah. we, there were just things. I think that movie went a little bit different than we, we thought it was going to. I think yeah, it was um, more, it was more just what was expected. Oh, not what but was you know, expected, that one's very but, polarizing. Some people felt exactly the way we did. And it, it's been kind of a 50, 50 split from everything I've been reading. Yeah. Uh, the other side were like blown away by that it did things differently and really loved it. So I guess it's wherever you stand on it. I just didn't think I I liked I the movie. It's not at all like I didn't like the movie or that I even have any problems with it. I kind of when these nominations were posted, I was shocked at how many promising young woman right. was up right. for. I think that's really my thing is that there there are a lot I mean, there are movies I saw this year that I just thought were so, so wonderful and that are not on this at all. Um, No one saw The Nest. I loved The Nest so much. And I granted that it might not be objectively great, but it no one saw The Nest. Um, And I (laughs) I really think it deserves to be in a bunch of these categories. uh, And Promising Young Woman in most of these categories is the first one where I'm like, okay, we can lose that one, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, but I mean, good for them. They obviously deserve it to some degree. And that's the way Um, it always goes. You know, I wish there wasn't. But there are campaigns for these things. And it's about, you know, who you get at your movie in front of even beyond the politicking. It's about, you know, who sees your stuff and not everybody's going to have the same advantages. And that's just the way it goes. Yep. Um, I don't think I need to talk about any of these other categories. There's just so many categories. Um, let's not um, (laughs) Yeah, I I think I'm done with that. Um, let's, uh, let's do some Rotten Tomatoes scores. Can you guess what, um, I I have no idea from our conversation what we've, uh, we're going to do the DC extended universe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, this is going to be great. I am so sorry. (laughs) This is going to be great. So we begin at the beginning, which is, uh, and now this is not every movie that's a DC property, but there is a specific set of movies that make up what they call the DCEU extended universe. Um, And the first one was 2013's Man of Steel. 2013's Man of Steel from critics received a 62 and from audiences received a 64 56 from critics so you're a little high um and then but 75 from audiences which I oh right on pretty okay, pretty surprising higher than i would have thought yeah not extraordinary, um, but higher than I Man thought. of Steel was interesting because it was the beginning of this whole thing. And mm-hmm. the first half mm-hmm. of that movie, as most people agree, is quite good. Um, yeah. It takes its time. It's quite nice. Um, introduces us to, you know, a story we already know. But, right. uh, you know, this version of it. Um, and then it just turns into nonsense. Uh, and then it <laughs> continues with that nonsense with Batman v Superman Dawn of Justice Ooh. 2016. <gasps> three years later. Martha! Yeah, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> All right, so we just had a uh, fifties and seventies. I'm gonna say critics gave this one. Uh, I'll say critics gave it a fifty-two, and audiences gave it a fifty-seven. 
29 from critics <laughs> and 63 from audiences. You're always going to get some of the audience, yeah, obviously. Sure. These are big, dumb action movies, and you, you, you know, you're always going to have some people that are like, yeah, it was fun, which and is totally fair. you have huge comic book fans that will watch anything that's comic book and like it. Yeah, regardless. they just want to see the characters. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, the next one, so we're, <laughs> we're going down. If you haven't been keeping track, we're going down on all these numbers. Um, <laughs> Suicide Squad, 2016. <laughs> This is funny, man, because I I remember so completely my reaction to this movie, and I have no idea what the reaction to this movie was. Um, Okay, let's see. We've been in the 60s. We've been in the – were we in the 20s for the – critics on the last um, one the last one was 29 Holy from critics shit. yeah so this is um, uh, suicide squad from uh, david ayer right did this yeah which he did some really wonderful movies before this that i loved like end of watch i fucking no, love end of me watch too. yeah and uh then he does this critics i'm gonna say for this one gave it a uh 38 and audiences i think gave this one a 48 26 from critics down yet again and 59 from audiences. So okay. well, um, this is right. the worst so far. Um, <laughs> and then, well, they're consistent. <laughs> everything changes in 2017 with wonder, wonder woman. woman. Yeah. People loved it. Um, I'll say wonder woman from critics was in 82 and audiences in 84. 93 from critics. Holy shit. But you are almost dead on with audiences at 83. You so. know, this is another one where, honestly, um, even Amy Nicholson, who's a critic that I, I listen to a lot on um, Unspooled, a podcast that yeah. I listen to, um, she talks about this too. She's like, you know, she's like, I never want to be the naysayer. I'm all for progress. I've been screaming at the top of my lungs. We need more writers and directors yeah. of color and women forever. She's like, it has become interesting how you almost she's like it's a little scary she's like as a critic but and i'm not saying wonder woman isn't deserving because i loved one wonder woman but she's like she's like i think pretty much everybody felt like the third act was a weak act for wonder woman but the first two were great and it was what we wanted in every way before that she's like and you almost didn't criticize what was wrong about it in the same way as black panther because you were almost couldn't separate the time and the progress which people wanted you know these people want yeah. from the movie and that's kind of a weird place to get into too because just like we're saying with promising young woman in no way is it reflecting us not wanting you know to get more of these stories and to, and to right. see this stuff so you we're almost want it to do well and certain, and that's kind of where yeah. i see the 90s coming in i'm almost like is it that or is it a, 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 still a really great superhero movie that's probably yeah. lands in the 80s somewhere? Anyway, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, that's all fair uh, thoughts. Um, the following year, uh, Justice League, uh, <laughs> 2017. Okay. Um, Justice League, I'm going to say uh, 28 critics and 38 audiences. Um, it was actually... 40 from critics so wow, a little okay. higher and 71 from audiences what yeah, justice league I, the theatrical yeah, the, got the, 71 uh, from audiences the joss whedon justice league 2017 got fuck? 71 this is the first I, one that stunned me i don't get that either That's um weird. now next up is one of my personal favorites i remember absolutely loving well not loving really really thoroughly enjoying this in theaters 
uh, when maybe not everybody did. Uh, I don't know what it was. I might have taken an edible when I saw this. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> I don't remember. This is my favorite moment we've had ever on this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> that was I such don't, an I don't, honest I don't remember. Like, wait, why did I? Oh, that's so good. Anyways, Aquaman, 2018. <laughs> <laughs> um, this this also for me was um, nothing I'm probably ever going to watch again, but one that I thought, oh, this is a, just a well-told hero's journey. This is just like a bit, right. if you separated it from everything else. Um, I don't remember, though, how people felt about this one. I'm, I will say that critics gave Aquaman a 71 and audiences gave it a 75. Incredibly close. Uh, 65 from critics, but 74 from audiences. So, okay. Yeah, that feels um, about right. That feels right. Yeah, that's... I enjoyed that's that one, but right. I think just kind of subjectively. I just... I like yeah. the... Anyway. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, the next year... I like water. Shazam. Yeah. <laughs> Shazam. Oh, yeah. Shazam. I enjoyed Shazam. We always forget this one. This yeah, is the, part of the just so different. universe. Um, and Shazam is one of those characters that goes back almost as far as Superman, and no one's ever really thought about him. Right. Um, Shazam critics gave Shazam uh I'll say a 78 and audience gave Shazam uh 80 80 I'll say 80 90 from audi- or from critics excuse me and 82 you are almost dead on with uh, audiences so that's Man. that's one of the highest so far so I'm not a critic um, second only to uh Wonder Wonder Woman. Woman. Yeah, right 93. right next to Wonder Woman wow um, that's weird all right, next up, you have Birds of Prey. Oh, uh, one of the last movies I saw before quarantine started. Right. Um, Birds of Prey uh, critics gave a, we'll say a 72, and audiences gave it a, we'll say 75 again. 78 and 78. Okay, which that, that's also fine. Also, feels Look, right. This is just like, a Margot yeah. Robbie vehicle, and she's yeah. really good as that character, and so those yeah. feel about right to me. I uh, I enjoyed that movie quite a bit, and it is an, another example of what feels like DC giving someone the ability to make the movie that they want to make, which is essentially what Zack Snyder was just given. I I think right. Birds of Prey is it doesn't necessarily hit every checkbox of what uh, you know superhero or you know whatever movie, but it like yeah. It's well. It's really well done, and and it uh, it's a little a little bit more thoughtful and interesting than most yeah. uh, most of these. DC's really movies. focused in on the villains as much as the heroes. That is something that Marvel has not done. I it's mean, Marvel, you've got yeah. the Loki series coming out, but other than that, he's kind of half um, hero. And you know what's much. interesting about this list is that I picked this list just I copy and pasted it from like the Wikipedia for the DC Extended Universe. Right, Joker is not on this. Yeah, um, I, I don't I'm, because I I'm think, leaving it out. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Jared Leto is the Joker for this universe, and right. I, I, you uh, know, yeah, it's not. I guess so. Yeah, so, I, I mean, know. that's fair. Uh, Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. Um, I'll say for Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four, critics uh, fifty two, and audiences fifty eight. Uh, fifty nine from critics. You were pretty close, uh, but seventy four from audiences, which. Okay. Is high. I I didn't. Quite yeah, that's like fine that with movie. me though because Jess and I yeah. also, in no way, can I really defend the problems with that movie. But we still yeah. both sat there and enjoyed it. And maybe that's just right. us liking Gal Gadot and or Gadot. Sure. I can never know how to pronounce the name. And Gadot. Yeah, yeah, it's a hard hard T. Um, dot. It's dot. Gadot. There you go. Um, <laughs> uh, Sister Dot. Zack Snyder's Justice League. <laughs> ooh, ooh. We've already. Yeah. I didn't yeah, think about we this. have it. Well, based on what people are saying right now, <laughs> um, 
I'm going to say critics, uh, uh, critics 82 and audiences 88. Uh, critics 73, which okay. is significantly higher right. than the original, which was at 40. Right. But audiences at tw- with 25,000 or more ratings, um, 95%, making <laughs> it shit. Come on. Making it the highest audience score of any DCU movie by th- uh, 12 points, meaning the second highest is Wonder Woman with 83% from audiences. See, so this is just making insane. me feel like we we truly as fans cannot separate um, what we <laughs> want, right, on the screen versus what the thing is. Like, And, and I honestly, I get that, right? Like, I'm always going to rate things that I love a little bit higher. But that, to me, is crazy. But the Joss Whedon score, based on what they gave the Joss Whedon score... You would have yeah, thought this one would have been 110. 71. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, I was um, thinking that would be in like the 30s. Well, 95 is pretty fucking high. 95. Yeah. I mean, 95 yeah. is up there with I mean, like I know. the top movies that have ever been rated like ever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, ever. This, this is insane. Uh, yeah. Anyway, okay. Yeah, whatever then. I'm with right, you, right but on. uh I I think that's just a testament to uh yeah, how good it is i i mean there's always a chance that there's a bunch of uh, kind of um you know f- fake people Bots. leaving <laughs> reviews yeah. yeah fake people thoughts yeah um but uh but ultimately i i that kind of makes sense to me uh anyway yeah. so that's our dc uh eu there you uh, go scores um we should wrap up with a gem do you have a gem uh i do um you start if you've got one because i need to look back i, real quick I do have one i just want to mention that i hadn't even really thought about it but i mentioned the commitments which i do think is a hidden gem that's oh a, yeah a yeah, very hidden movie but i actually had one written down that i'm also going to mention okay um i'm we're in the middle of finishing up a category with my movie watching group. And this category has been movies that we love that are personal to us that we're showing to the rest of the group for the first time. Oh yeah. Yeah. Pretty much no one else has seen them. So I showed, uh, somewhere in time, pretty much nobody had seen that. Um, Russell picked this movie. It's a French movie. Have you ever seen Jean de Florette? No, I had never heard of it. Russ was like, when I saw this in high school in French class, it really, uh, it, it was wonderful. Like I loved it and it really made me into filmmaking and kind of storytelling yeah. and everything. And, uh, I haven't seen a lot of French movies. I, I'm not, I can't say that I know much about French cinema, but this is a pretty iconic and really beloved, uh, French movie called Jean de Florette. And it takes place in the 1920s, like in a rural countryside of France. And okay. it's essentially about like kind of like warring farmers, um, but it's really fun and funny, but also very dramatic and heartfelt. And, um, and it's just like all of this shit that they have to deal with to farm yeah. on the land yeah. in this rural France. Um, and it's part of a series. Uh, and so we're going to watch the next one, uh, in the series, but, uh, but it's, when you look it up, it's considered one of the most iconic, like foreign films of all yeah, time. Yeah. One of the top, top rated foreign films of all time. Um, and, uh, and I would recommend it. That's it. Well, that's awesome, man. So thanks to um, Russell for showing that off. Yeah. Well, you, you went, uh, French and I'm, I'm going to stay with the Irish, uh, <laughs> okay, cool. because we've been talking about that a little bit. Um, uh, have you ever seen a movie called waking Ned divine? Oh, um, I did see waking Ned divine. I think when it, when I was too young to yeah, know yeah. what to do with that, when but it was your reason, parents movie that you happened to see, exactly. that's, that's exactly how I, how I saw it. Yeah. And it is without a doubt. I mean, I would put it in like the category of like, um, 
of like Frasier or something. You know what I mean? Like uh-huh. it is truly like when they used to make movies yes. that were just for adults to go out one night and that's leave the so, kids at home. That's such a perfect comparison. I mean, that's, that's, like that's all I know to say. <laughs> but it's super sweet. It's endearing. Yeah. To me, it's very funny. It's not like, you know, belly roll, you know, funny uh-huh. and slap your knee kind of stuff, but it's just cute and funny. It's, it's actually a dark comedy and Waking the Divine, the, the premise is just this small little tiny Irish town or even village, you could call it. Uh, most of the population are, you know, 70 to 80 years old. And they all play the lottery, and this guy right. Ned Divine wins the lottery, and he's won you know all of this money, and uh, like immediately dies. And yep. the guy is coming there to confirm, you know, that this is the money or whatever. And the town just kind of decides we're gonna pick one of us, and we're gonna be Ned Divine, so we get this money, and we'll all divvy it up because the guy has no heirs, and there's no one else for it to go to. Right. So it essentially just reverts right back. And it's just all the hijinks of these old men trying to do that. Um, and it's just a fun, sweet movie. If you want something that's lighthearted, check it out. I think it's like an hour and a half, sure. maybe an hour, 40 minutes um, from maybe 20, 25 years ago. But um, Waking the Divine yeah. will be my uh, hidden gem of the week. That's so, very cute. I haven't thought about that movie since it came out, yeah. but and, I, can, I, I absolutely good. can picture it. I remember this. Right. Um, right. Well, that's really cool. I think that's it for us today. I, uh, I've got nothing else. And uh, we'll try to come back and do another one of these maybe we'll do a commentary track one day soon yeah it's been a little Um, while i feel like we could do another one of those and then ultimately april 25th is the oscars so we'll try to do something for the oscars for sure uh that's tbd but um all right thanks guys for listening take care everybody get your shots yeah